coffee moaners. Now, we are in the first minute, so I can't swear. You're probably so not even say, being heard yet. Oh, can you hear me now? So don't swear. Good. There you go. We've just Good come on. Good morning, coffee moaners. We hope you are well. Now, because we are still in the first minute, I can't swear. But what I am going to say, this was a kick, da-da, and scramble morning. Poor old uh, trains cancelled, all sorts of shit. Uh, so it's been nightmare. a busy old morning. Actually, Mark just said to me, God, I look awful. I thought, you look really cute. Oh, please don't. You do. Um, you look really nice. Take a compliment. I don't want to. Not today. Not now. Come on, let's get on. Um, um, we've got really, 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 really good news. Thank God, at last. Some good news around the whole Israel-Palestine um, conflict. Now, when I say good news, it's temporary. It's uh, a pause in hostilities. It's, um, you may have seen in the press everywhere, Qatar, behind the scenes, have been negotiating a hostage swap uh, with prisoners. Uh, Palestinian prisoners that Israel have got. Um, they're principally going to be men, uh, they're principally going to be women and children. They're going to be no armed personnel, military service people in there, uh, in the swap. This is going to happen from Thursday. So there's going to be no cessation of hostilities. And even then, the big question mark, I think, around all of this is, will the ceasefire hold? Um, so when we say ceasefire, this isn't a ceasefire to stop, regroup, rethink, um, take stock and uh, consider whether, um, you know, what, what each side is doing is the right thing. This is purely a pause to, um, to allow a handover of, host of hostages, essentially, which is just absolutely going to be just fantastic. Fanta oh, I thought it was the post person. Hi, Adina. Yeah which is obviously fantastic for Israel uh, and the hostages. Um, is, it fifth, is it 50, 50 that agreed? 50, 50 has been agreed. But now, of course, all of this is changeable at all times. Mm. So, Which, again, puts the people that are waiting for their hostages on that, that awful, like, not knowing. Oh, my God, yeah. It must be just... And presumably, they won't know who it is until the day. I don't no. know. There won't, there won't be names being given out. So very, yeah, very upsetting and scary for them. One of the weirdest things about this whole kind of hostage negotiation that I found really strange is the far right in Israel still, I think, have the opportunity to challenge this in their Supreme Court. There could be... Because there are many people in, in Israel who believe that any form of has, hostage um, handover sends out the message to uh, Hamas that this works. Um, so... You know, whereas what's actually being said here is that the reason this has happened and the reason this has developed is that the, you know, the families of the hostage, uh, the hostages have, have put enormous pressure, rightly so, on their government. Because if any of us had a, uh, you know, you, you would go to, it'd be like, just stop everything. If stopping mm. is what gets our, our, our families back, just and stop get them out. and let's deal with the kind of consequences of that later. Um, so... So, yeah, um, and Hamas and Islamic Jihad, which is one of the other organisations that, that um, terrorist organisations that kind of has uh, hostages, have said that they're refusing to release any military individuals. Um, so, so, yeah, Theresa Hills, I'm presuming we want our hostages home. I think this, is, this has got to be seen as good news. Mm. It has to be a step in the right direction. There's also talk that what could happen... Now, of course, what are the high stakes in this? And this is what I think is interesting and is important. Most people in Gaza need 
to take a pause because they've been absolutely bombed to smithereens. Um, and interestingly, I'm not too sure what the fine print is in this at the moment, what the, you know, what the small print says. But I know that one of the parts of the deal was that um, when the, the hostage swap starts, um, that Israel will stop military operations uh, or bombing, though they won't stop sorties. A sortie is when planes kind of go on a sort of reconnaissance mission, if you like, they fly over. So they're still gonna be a heavy military presence um, they're going to keep fighting and bombing and doing whatever needs to be done until, you know, for, for Israel, uh, until the, the hostages start to be handed over, they, they reckon tomorrow. Um, there's a, the sticking point, which I thought was interesting, was that Hamas and uh, the negotiators, Qatar, were trying to get a, a, a stop on all drones, Israeli drones being able to be used. Israel were pushing back on that. I don't know what the exact details on that would be. I mean, the thing is, on both sides of this, whatever one side says, it doesn't necessarily mean the other side is going to do it or both sides are going to do it. So we just all have to literally keep our fingers crossed for the innocents who are going to be literally at that point of being handed over. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, the, everyone will be on, the families of the hostages will be on tenterhooks as the fragility of this sort of Gee. temporary... I mean, imagine, imagine that feeling of thinking any slight sidestep that could go mm. wrong here. And I hate to say it, my worry around all of it is this. There could be, given the brutality that we've witnessed on both sides at different times and over different prolonged periods of time, um, there is an argument to say that there could be some self-interest in this not running smoothly on both sides. We've already seen the disinformation, misinformation. We've already seen the mainstream media really just swing in one direction, whereas what needs to be talked about here is the actual complexity of the situation. And I think what really worries me is I'm waiting almost for one side to say, they've reneged on this, we pull back yeah. the deal. Yeah. And, and if, you think, yeah. if you think on both sides, if you think in Gaza and you think in Israel and you think of those families waiting for their hostages, all these people with their loved ones' lives hanging in the balance, you know, and it's, it, it, it feels, it must feel so like that they are the pawn in the middle of the most terrifying horror story of a game sometimes, you know. Sometimes it must, it, it must almost feel like that. Mm. Like, mm, mm. what are we going to do next? Mm. You know, and meanwhile, there's just such, just, just such terrible suffering. Now, of course, the worries around a ceasefire are that for Israel is that Hamas has time to regroup, uh, re-sort of align themselves. You know, for the humanitarians in us, in people who are for the Palestinian people and the Israeli innocent people caught up in this too. Um, you know, uh, I, I, my, my heart goes out to the fact that not a single Palestinian is allowed to go back to the north to check their homes or return to their homes or even consider returning or anything like that. So this isn't about, this is quite literally a four day pause and both sides have said we will then return to um, a and, state I mean, of conflict. Just have, I, I mean, all the aid agencies and different organisations, medical organisations that I've seen, you know, um, comment on this, they've said this is just, it's a torturous idea, four days. Yeah. 
you know, because the, we've got such a problem there now with food, with water, with airborne disease. There's a real, real worry about airborne disease because of the lack of toilets and water mm. and all of this. Mm. So, um, oh my God, I really hope that the negotiations can go on further. I'm, I'm sort of sitting with the hope that we could get to four days and then maybe something else could happen. We could just, just like... <laughs> Well, interestingly, what Just I think Israel believes, stop. I think what Israel believes and I think what the far right are both worried about, but then obviously the hostage families, families of the hostages are, ple are potentially pleased about, is what may well happen is this, the, the 150 or the 150 Palestinians, the, you know, the 50 hostages, is it 150, did I say? Yeah, the hostages that are going to be released, what could end up happening is there's then going to be a dribble, a sort of negotiated hostage release the day after the four days, and then another negotiated hostage release. So this, I think the fear is that Hamas could drag this out mm. and that this could become a real opportunity for them to, you know, use it as an opportunity to remobilise. I mean, one of the things I've not seen much of is the resistance, if you like. I mean, I've seen, you know, I haven't seen any footage anywhere of, uh, apart from one shot of a bomb being attached to a tank in the early days of Israel getting into Gaza. I haven't really seen the footage of, you know... Is yeah, it on Natasha Milchins in Israel, resistance. what's actually happening with the resistance into Israel? In Gaza? In, yeah. You know, no, what, what's, what's happening... What rockets and stuff? Because I haven't seen much. No, no, of no. Them. I think rockets are coming, but I'm, I, I've seen absolutely. I'm, I'm surprised that I've seen zero, any, zero oh, footage of, of fighting street you mean, warfare no, even I seen in anything. Gaza, which I would have thought would be would be hurled at us quite quickly. So either there's no resistance and it's only rockets. I don't know. Do you I don't mean? know. We'll have to look into that. We don't know. Yeah, I haven't I mean, seen I, anything. I'm, yeah, but um, yeah. So, ah, so really tense time, uh, really tense moment. I think I one really has tense to. I about my parents being in Jordan as well. It's just, it just, it just, and I think we have to think beyond and outside of that immediate thing. The region. Natasha said rockets are coming a little less than before. Yeah, just the region, that whole region that's affected, and it just feels so mm. fragile the whole time. So we really, really do have to keep. I, I I'm just praying that then they'll get another mm. day and another day and another. Mm. That I mean, surely the bombing now i mean there's there doesn't seem to be a lot left to to destroy well they can get they can head south now they can yeah. head south. Yeah. um mr cardinal seems like a lot of actors are losing jobs because of being on the palestinian side i'm mm, going to talk about that in a minute um what was the other thing to say on that point about jordan um jordan is in an increasingly tense situation their foreign secretary or defence secretary uh, minister said yesterday um, they have had to send lots of military personnel to the border with Israel. Um, and in, in very, very, um, you know, strong language, given that Jordan had a peace accord or have a peace accord or had a peace accord with Israel, is, uh, Jordan have said that if there is any forcible removal or mass migration enforced upon the population of the West Bank, this will amount to, and this is where we are getting very worried about Bitting Teddy, a declaration of war. They've used that language. And their point being here that this, this forcible eviction of people, which is a form, according to all international courts of, you know, as ethnic cleansing and population, re, you know, it's, it's mass enforced migration. So Jordan has stated that if this begins to happen, and there's huge pressure in the West Bank, the West Bank is a really pressurised keg, you know, just about to blow, and, and you know, someone argues already blown in, in many ways. 
Um, then Jordan, oh, man, that's strong language. Mm, that's it really strong language. was. I was really shocked when you read that to me last night. Yeah. Really was. Well, and also, we're, obviously, we're just keeping our eyes on it because, I mean, there, there will come a point where, you know, I'm texting, I'm texting your mum every day and I'm sort of saying, you know... Mm. You know. How, who was the statement from yesterday? <laughs> it was either the foreign... It was the either their defence minister yeah, or foreign minister. But, but, you know, yeah. Because we've always grown up with this, you know, Jordan is the Switzerland, haven't we, in the, in the, in, in the Middle East and, you know. Mandy Dirk uh, asking, have you visited the West Bank? You've had, the, you've had quite traumatic experiences, haven't you, visiting Palestine mm -hmm. with your family years and years ago, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, so, yes, yeah, so, um, do, yes, yeah, so, so just, you know, tinderbox. Tinderbox, let's just hope, let's just hope no, Ellery that, Jones, that, that, not that, that back. some get out, that, that they, they manage to get some hostages out, for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's a sort of live situation at the moment. Um, obviously, we're seeing stories. Susan Sarandon has been dropped by her agent in uh, UTA, is it? United Agent? Uh, in, in the US for her views on um, Palestine. Um, she, uh, yeah, she's been posting and reposting and she was sort of talking about the idea, she said in footage from one rally, she said people are questioning, people are standing up, people are educating themselves, people are stepping away from brainwashing that started when they were kids. Be strong, be patient, be clear. Um, she also thanked the Jewish community who's come out to have our backs. So this is, this, is, this is worrying that she's, you know, being punished for taking a side that perhaps doesn't, um, you know, doesn't chime with her agency. I mean, I think to see that there are two sides and that the weirdest part about this whole thing, that I, I think most people feel that most people are either on one side or the other, if you've got a strong opinion on this. And what I don't understand on either side is that what the main feeling is, is about humanity and the... And, and the sort of, the parity between the two, you know? Everyone is screaming for a cessation of hostilities on both sides. Every reasonable person wants a two-state solution, which is why, you know, any rhetoric or, or language that says that there shouldn't be a two-state solution from anyone in Hamas is wrong, just as any, you know, anti-Islamophobic or any, you know, let's just have this beach, let's put our flags up all over Gaza and take it back for ourselves is wrong. That's, everyone is just in agreement that there needs to be a two-state solution. So it strikes me as strange that to have an opinion on one side or the other can result in anger and hostility in this fashion. Obviously, it's very, I think... But isn't that the way of the world now? And you, you're either one thing or the other. You can't be anything, you know, in the middle. And in anything that, that creates, you know, more anti-Semitism or more Islamophobia should be quashed because... What we want is the understanding between people. Mm. And I suppose, you know, and that's why everybody does tread very carefully because it's so easy to have your words misconstrued and people that want to, that want to fan the flames of hate can take something fairly innocuous well, this, this is the it. same as happened to but Melissa Barrera is, as but well. But she is more outspoken, isn't she, um, Susan Sarandon? So I think she's probably very aware that... She, yeah, it's going yeah. to kick off for her. Young actress Melissa Barrera, who's part of the Scream franchise, she's been removed or dropped by uh, the production company making Scream 7, I believe, for her post. I think one of the dangerous things here, this is, this is, this is really dangerous. It's really dangerous to use the accusation of anti-Semitic or Islamophobic 
when you're criticising the actions of a either a government. state, a government, yeah. or a terrorist organisation. Yeah. So you know, to 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 be to, to sort of tar every Palestinian with the same brush as Hamas is is wrong. To to tar every Jewish person with the Israeli government's policy it's just, it's just is wrong. It's incredibly thick. It's thick. It's, it's stupid, thick. and it's self-serving. It I would argue that some people who are screaming you know, hate crimes or race hate are in the act of screaming that engaging in the very thing they're accusing yeah. you of. Because what they're trying to do is silence you. They're trying to bully you. They're trying to uh, shame you into, into actually having a human soul and a human heart on both sides. We have, you know, several people here from, from Israel and we all share in the sentiment that every innocent caught up in this needs to be cared for, catered for and thought about. It does just happen to be the case and it's really bloody unfortunate that the balance of loss, if you want, if you're trying, how do you get, how do you, how do you measure the loss of life? To one because to the individual person that's lost their child, yeah. lost their, there is no quantifying, There is no there? quantifying. But, but, but if you're looking at it from a global perspective, mm. looking in and you look at a such a large number on one side and a disproportionate inability to defend or sustain themselves in opposition to that versus the other side, then of course the balance powers off. So I think to run, to, to run at anyone who's calling for balance when there is an imbalance and anyone who comes in on the imbalance then saying to them that's anti-Semitic is engaging themselves in race hatred because you're trying to silence people from having a humanitarian position. And it's crucial in this time that everyone on all sides of the equation is entitled to feel what they're feeling without closing down the other side, which is why it's mm. wrong. Well, that's why we're the mess that we're in. But it's why it's wrong that anyone, anyone should suggest that Israel shouldn't exist. And it's why it's absolutely wrong that anyone should say that all Palestinians deserve to die because they voted for Hamas. I mean, it's just... It's just, it's just impossible. It's just, it's just, it, the, the other problem I have is there's an unwillingness to get into the nuanced detail. And there is nuance in this. Mm. And it says more about certain people who go for a certain approach than it does about what's actually been mm. said, I think. Mm. I think. And I think it's, people have got to be really careful. So, yeah. Humanity, not hatred. Absolutely. It's so simple that people almost laugh at it. It's like, how ridiculous, humanity, not hatred. But yeah. that is the light that we Absolutely. should be heading towards, surely. Um, I can't actually... The Eye is such an annoying website. I wanted to do this. It doesn't ever let you into the article, even when you're subscribed. Um, <laughs> men and miscarriages. This was the story of... Is it Wayne Rooney? Yeah, Wayne Rooney, Rooney and talking Rooney on talking um, Mother Baby, or what's that? What's that podcast? Um, just see the name of the podcast. Friendly Pup. Good this point. People Georgia. are also, just quickly. People are also cancelling the kid from uh, Stranger Things for supporting as well. I need to say it works both yes, ways. Yes, that's what we're saying. It's both oh, 100%. ways. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. No one. It should, works yeah. both ways. I mean, he hasn't lost his job, but he will, he will be getting hate. Mm. So anyone that talks for the side for the Israelis will get hate. Anyone that talks for the Palestinians will get hate, and that is what is hateful. Mm. It's wrong. Either way, I would stand up for anyone that is getting hate on any side. It's wrong. Mm. And, it, and it, it doesn't serve the world. Mm. It doesn't serve the individual and it doesn't serve the world. And it's wrong. Boom. Mm. Finito. Finito. Okay, yeah, Colleen Rooney and Wayne Rooney. I think Wayne Rooney is often sort of just 
kind of not thought of as a, as a, as a human emotional individual, if I'm honest. I was looking at an image of him the other day yeah. and I was thinking, why is that? You know, it's a funny old thing with him, isn't it? I mean, how he, he was so... I know nothing about football, but he's very good, right? And yeah, he was, he, was, yeah, he was excellent. Yeah, yeah like, like top, top of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, as we've spoken about before, young men who, you know, of course, you look at a young man that gets that, you know, incredible gift of being, you know, top footballer, all the money, all the fame, all the adoration. But often they've missed out a lot on their education to be suddenly thrown into lots of fame and money is incredibly mm. difficult. When I, because I, when I was in East End, I joined when I was a lot older. So when I would see young people coming in, it, it was, mm. it was, I really sympathised with, mm. empathised with them. But this isn't easy to suddenly get all this money in. And I think, um, you know, it's just every time they go out, there's people throwing themselves, all of this sort of stuff. And we don't really have sympathy for it, often because they earn so much money. Like, the only thing in the world that's important is money, bollocks. Mm. Um, rich people can be sad. Rich people can, can make terrible mistakes in their life. Rich people can have affairs. Mm. And I think why I've got two affairs is because... I think where there's a lot of lack of sympathy from women mm. is that we feel that he's treated Colleen so badly. Mm. Multiple... Joni you know. says the Robbie Williams doc really shows this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch that. No, I'm very... I, I really like his wife. I mm. used to work on his mm. together. I love her. Um, and... Um, and, and so I think that's why we're, uh, that's why I'm judgy on him. I don't know. But, but then I always try not to be because I remember that thing. It probably was playing football probably eight hours a day at like 12 years old. Mm. You know, how much education and stuff you get. But you know what I think is amazing? They've stuck it out. Mm. They've worked through their marriage. They've worked through um, the most horrendous stories. Oh, my God. Just for, for a long while, it just felt all there was was those stories mm. about them. Mm. And um, she's very, very dignified, Colleen, isn't she? I mean, she only really came out and said anything with the Rebecca Vardy um, yeah. uh, case. Um, but she talks on this podcast about how when she had her first miscarriage, she just, she just didn't even really consider how it would have left him feeling. And, you know, it was only when he said, you know, I know you're hurting, but I'm hurting too, that she was like, oh, wow. God, yeah. And I do think... That is still a real thing for around men and miscarriage, mm. and and we get lots of people messaging us, don't we, saying that that they they don't know either that they they feel that their partner must be going through something just but just they aren't able to articulate it, and I think that that I think part of that is because as society is all just about the woman's loss, which of course okay. is huge, but I think a lot of people don't. Oh, how is how is she? Well, How's she doing? And yeah. not often enough do we say, how are you doing? Well, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, if you haven't, you may not have seen our or watched or listened to our How to Stay Married. I mean, we, we've gone through, you've gone through a, a, you know, a, number, a number of miscarriages. Mm -hmm. No, but it's interesting, isn't it? When Did I say you? that you... Well, yeah, yeah, but I think it is the... It goes back to, I think, the same sort of wellspring or origin point of around terminations and abortions, really, which is the idea it's, you know... It really is. It's the woman's body. It's a woman's right. Um, I, you know, I'm not. When I say it's a woman's right, I think there's a discussion to be had with the father of a child when when abortions. Are, I mean, you know, I, I was brought up in a in a climate where you know, absolutely, the right of the woman. It's the woman's body. The woman's right. She has mm. she has total. So she's sentient and has the right to say everything that's going on within her. I think when you're choosing to have a child together or maybe not have a child together, I think it has to be a shared decision. I do think I think most of my men bury this stuff. 
is actually from a very good place of deference and a, and, a, and a fundamental sense of it can't be as difficult for us and it just can't be because it's happening in your body. It's happening, mm. it's happened to you. The losses, we can't even begin to imagine the, not, I hate even almost reducing things to hormonal, but the spiritual, soulful complexity of what losing a baby I'll you know, never forget is. your face with that oh, with that one when like I went for, for I had a, a few miscarriages, but the one when I had to, to literally mm. have like a labour, wasn't it, mm. here at home? Mm. And mm. and it was incredibly painful, physically painful, that one. Really mm. was, wasn't it? Mm. And and so I had almost this rush of relief when it came to the end mm. because it was just so painful. And so there was a moment weird now this might sound really weird because my god we really did want that that pregnancy and that baby but there was a moment where I was just like almost euphoric because the pain had stopped because the pain had been terrible it was mm. really intense it was really and I had this moment of joy and I'll never forget it because then I looked at your face and you just because we had you know mm. we had the features there and you just you just looked... Oh, my God, I've never made a sound like I was oh in agony. Oh, my God. It was agonising. I will never, ever forget that look because we were both in those moments in such an extraordinarily different polar opposites. So I was, like, in this joy of the moment, almost forgetting that what this was about was about this this pregnancy not not not, not working. I'm picking my words really carefully because I don't want to upset anybody. Um, but But... And almost forgetting what that was, because it was just the joy, if you like, wrong word, or the relief, the high of the pain coming to an end. Looked at him and then saw actually the horror of what had happened. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that. Look, you were just so devastated. And I think, again, that was partly the, the physicality thing again. It was happening to you and then in the, in my, in the male world. It, it was we, we're looking at the consequences that they land in front of you, in mm -hmm. a sense, literally. Um, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go. Oh. Um, but but just quickly on that, just as a final point, I think what you lose when you have those moments is you lose a future story, a future mm. life, a future narrative, and I think that's the part of it. And when you've had kids, and this happened after having had kids, that's almost that's almost even more complicated. And the thing is, we do have to go. Sorry to cut you short, just because mm. we've got the, um, the various things. But what we'll do is we'll put underneath here. A link, the, a, link. a link to the podcast yeah. where we talked about miscarriage because for a lot of people have told us that it's really helping because we talk them from both sides. So, yeah. so guys, anyway, have a lovely lots, day. Guys, have a safe day. And if you haven't, go and check out last night's home time. Dina and Nadia are fantastic in Glasgow.